You're listening to the Avenue Church Podcast. Our desire is that this message will inspire you to encounter Jesus and find a better way to do life. For more info and to connect with us, visit us online at theavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening. Today we are continuing our series in the book of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, 400 years before Jesus. And uh, today uh, the word that Malachi received from the Lord was a really hard and uh, harsh word. Um, It was a message that was not easy to deliver. It was a message against the religious leaders, against the church community, the faith community of Israel. And so we're going to continue in Malachi chapter 2. If you have a Bible or maybe you have a Bible app, turn to Malachi chapter 2. Just so you know that I'm not making these words up, starting in verse 1. And it says, And now, O priests, this command is for you. If you will not listen, if you will not take it to the heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I have already cursed them, because you do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will rebuke your offspring and spread dung on your faces, the dung of your offerings, and you shall be taken away with it. So so shall you know that I have sent this command to you, that my covenant with Levi may stand, says the Lord of hosts. My covenant with him was one of life and peace, and I gave them to him. It was a covenant of fear, and he feared uh, me. He stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and no wrong was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness, and he turned many from iniquity. For the lips of a priest should guard knowledge, and people should seek instruction from his mouth. For he is a messenger of the Lord of hosts, but you have turned aside from the way. You have caused many to stumble by your instruction. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts. And so I make you despised and abased before all the people, inasmuch as you do not keep my ways, but show partiality in your instruction. It's a pretty harsh word to the religious leaders of Malachi's day. And I know many of you have been hurt by the church. Many of you have been hurt by somebody of religious influence and religious authority. And today we're going to dive into what does this look like to be reconciled, to be redeemed, to find forgiveness in the midst of uh, brokenness. Today we're going to look at a story of a a man who you've seen on the stage who um, grew up in church, but he was taught to fake it and to pretend that he was walking with Christ. And so today, whether you've been burned by the church or burned by a leader within the church, God still has a plan for you. And we want to find forgiveness and and reconciliation uh, despite the brokenness of our world. And so we're going to watch a story together. Let's watch Derek's story. I'm 39 years old. I grew up here in Waxahachie, um, a preacher's son. My high school years, I uh, knew what what faith was, knew what uh, religion was, uh, in Christianity, sort of in quotes. I was a a student worship leader in my youth group and just knew sort of how to play the part. What started to bring things off for me was... uh, I had an identity crisis. I had a, uh, I had placed my identity in a relationship that I had um, to to validate me. I, I knew who God was, but I just didn't have a relationship with Him. 
to the extent that I needed to. My identity was in a person rather than in Christ. When that relationship ended, my, my life just started kind of spinning out of control. I started uh, drinking heavily and uh, it started doing drugs. I was trying to cater to other people and not to uh, the lifestyle that I was raised to live uh, as, a, as a believer. After I got married, you know, my addiction was kind of uh, under the surface. It was very hidden from everyone. When uh, my wife would confront me about something is, uh, is wrong, something, what, what's, what's the matter, what's the problem, um, it, it turned into, you know, excuse after excuse after excuse. And, and uh, I did anything and everything I could to keep this part of my life hidden. First, it felt, it felt great. After a, a little while with that cocoon, that blanket of what I, what I saw as comfort, um, I started to get to the point where I couldn't get out. That's when it went from a blanket to a prison. Everything was just in the dark. Everything was in, in, in just in my mind and my, in my body. I, I just continued in my addiction, just continued in this, in this downward spiral. I had no way of, of getting out of it. I essentially tried to fill this void that I had in my heart, I tried to fill it with another relationship that wasn't my wife. And uh, with that, um, I had absolutely no self-worth at this point. I knew what I was doing was wrong. I knew that uh, what I was doing was was uh, devastating to my family, to my my spiritual growth. I knew, uh, you know, because in reality, I knew what was right and wrong. Um, but I was doing what felt good at the time. At this point, I couldn't even be really sorry until um, until a certain a certain point. Um, I uh, told Christine that I didn't want to be married anymore. When she realized what was going on uh, with this relationship that was uh, extramarital, she told me that that she wasn't going to let divorce happen. She wasn't going to let that happen. But this particular night uh, that she told me that, I ended up going to uh, a hotel room and uh, because I just didn't want to stay home. I didn't want to stay at home. I didn't want to be there. Um, and I was just lost. So I went and I, and I checked into a hotel room and I overdosed. The next thing I remember was waking up to my wife banging on this hotel room door. She found me uh, tracking my debit card. I was barely conscious. Um, I got the door and I, uh, and she came in and she sat down and she um, was just trying to get to the bottom of what was going on. She was starting to realize that, that my, uh, the block in my heart was from substance abuse to begin with, uh, but most of all was from a, uh, a, a break in the relationship between me and, and uh, my creator. She asked me to come home and she wanted to uh, talk to me. And I went in to the house um, and my wife was, was there and she asked me to sit on the couch. Um, and she went into the other room and she got a, uh, a bowl of water and 
she got soap and a washcloth and she brought it out and she washed my feet. This was the first time that I saw really the action of grace. It's absolutely undeserved. I was ministered to in this moment. There was just this moment of clarity that uh, I felt that the Holy Spirit was in this place with me and uh, calling me out of this grave. When I got up and I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. I knew that I was, uh, I knew that I was, was, was too far gone and the only thing that could bring me back was, was a relationship with Jesus. It was a surrender and called Christine and I told her, I'm on my way home, I need you to take me somewhere. She dropped me off at a, at a uh, detox facility, a medical detox facility where I spent 11 days. And, uh, and even, even in this detox facility, I was still an addict. Christine came and she snatched me out of this place and uh, took me to Teen Challenge. It took me a lot of time to really come to grips with where I was. Um, I still didn't want to be there. I wanted to be with my wife. I wanted to be with my son but they needed to see that I was not the man that I used to be. What really set it off for me was the first church service that I went to, the first service that I went to um, with, with my brothers in Teen Challenge. I felt the presence of God so strongly um, that I couldn't, I couldn't stay the same. Somebody told me something this, that day. They said, why should God let you be a father to his children when you're not seeking him? That really sort of changed the dynamic of, you know what, he shouldn't. He should, with, with me not seeking his face and me not really chasing after the Spirit of God, there's no reason for him to give me any type of a, of a, of a leadership over uh, my wife, over my son. I mean, I broke down. I broke down in this church service. What I realized at that point was that, that I had to find my identity in Christ. I uh, realized at that point that my, that my true identity is in who Jesus says that I am. I gave in to the process of truly finding Jesus and really, uh, you know, searching for him and, and not just saying that I was. No matter how far away that I felt like I could run from God, I could get away, I could, you know, I could go, you know, to the, to the end of the earth. And all I would have to do to come back to the father is just turn around. He had been right behind me the entire time. Yeah, he, he just, he loves us so much that there's nothing that we can do to change that, you know? He's always been after you and there's no distance that you can run to get away from him. He is, uh, he's completely in love with you and there's absolutely nothing that you can do to change that. He, he wants a relationship with you. And all you have to do is make that decision. Is, and that's, that's one of the hardest things to do is to decide, I'm not gonna be who I was yesterday. I'm gonna be who 
God tells me that I am. There's nowhere too far that he won't come chasing me down. There's, there's nowhere too far. Man, you can stand up for that. Come on. Good job. Come here, brother. You can be seated. Good morning, Avenue. It's good to see you. I want you to know I love you. And there is not a place on this planet, straight from my heart, that I would rather be this morning than with you. And I love you, and I'm glad to be here with you. But you know, there's somebody else I love, and it's this guy, Derek. I've known Derek literally all his life, and so I think I've pulled up a picture that we're going to show you of, of the two of us. <clears throat> all right, you see that. The best I can come up with, Derek, is like, that was like 33 years ago. And now you all understand why I get caught in every airport in the world is I look sketchy, I look like I'm fixing to rob something, but Derek's family and my family, we vacationed together, and this was up in Colorado, and I think I was telling him how to do some card tricks. I don't want to, come on, let's sit down here. I want to, uh, to just talk to Derek for a while, and I want him to share his journey of recovery, and I don't know of anybody that understands worship any more than Derek does because God has freed him in his life. In Malachi chapter 2, we find um, a story of Malachi just kind of spanking the spiritual leaders of the day. Now, I want to I kind of dumb that down for me. The term that Malachi uses with spiritual leaders is kind of a term of, of influence, that you have influence and you've walked away from what you know is truth and, and the word. And they'd walked away. And, and so Malachi is just kind of giving them a spanking and saying, you, you're not walking in obedience. And Derek, I, I've known you all your life. I know your family. In fact, you and I went to church together. And so I know literally... <laughs> From birth, you heard, you, you heard truth. You heard the gospel. You heard the word. Your dad's a preacher, a uh, very uh, influential pastor for years. But at some point, there was a season in your life that you walked away from God. And so kind of tell us about how, how that happened uh, and, and you walking away from, from God. Tell us about that. So my spiritual journey, um, like I said, I was, I was uh, really into my youth group. I was a core part of my youth group. I, uh, I loved Jesus, but I had something in my spirit that made me feel like I wasn't doing it right. So I might as well just not do it at the point that I, that I had come to. Um, I was... Putting my personal, my, my, like I said, my identity was in other people 
in the gratification and in the the uh, approval of people. I care. I care about what people think about me, and I want everybody to be happy with me. And when I found that I couldn't do that all the time, I, I felt the same way about about my spirituality. I felt like I can't please God. Mm. I can't. There's nothing that I can do to to make God happy, and that was just incorrect. But I walked away from God. I walked away consciously. And uh, when you walked away, and I, and I think that we we can kind of identify with that because I, th- I know there's been times that, that I've done the same thing. Was, was it a deliberate decision to walk away from God or was it a process? Did you just kind of drift or was it just, I'm done? It, uh, you know, obviously there were some things leading up to the time that I did say, I'm done. I was done with church. I was done with church people. I was done with anything that had to do with church. So I went extreme the other direction. And, but it was, there were things leading up to it. There were, there were little things that, you know, I, you know my, my addiction started small. It started innocently. But then it grew into something that was a monster that I couldn't fight. Uh, but that, that's what really prompted me to just say, hey, look, I'm done. I can't do it. Mm. I think, I think, all of us in the room can can kind of identify with that to a degree because maybe it's it's legalism or maybe we've been hurt by the church and so we just I've had enough or maybe it's just in our particular lifestyles that that we just kind of drift it's not like intentional drifting for some it's just that we begin to to fade and and walk away and and um, we just find ourselves like distant from God that we can't feel him anymore in our life. But in Malachi chapter 2, it's interesting, in verse 3, he talks about the leaders. And and literally, I'll, I'll just say this, okay, um, that they had walked so far from God and, and, and Malachi was disappointed and, and uh, he said, your lives are going to be cursed. But literally, they had just smeared over their bodies manure. And it was just a a depiction of where they had gotten in their life. Can you kind of describe, I think there was a point in your life that your life went down the toilet. Kind of describe that journey of of that. Well, the, uh, the concept of the manure being smeared, to me, it's a, it's a, it's a matter of humiliation of personal humiliation of, of, you know, do I want to bring this to anybody's attention? This is only in my mind at, the, at this point. And, 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 you know, I was, can, can I say something? Can I lay these pills on the altar this morning? Can I lay this down? And, and uh, it, there was, it was uh, you know, I decided, no, I can't. I, I don't want the manure. I don't want the humiliation uh, of of making that step, so for me, I feel like the manure, if you will, mm-hmm. was has to do with the humiliation and uh, just what we, what we brought ourselves to. Yeah, and and you talk about the humiliation, which I think in your video you state 
and I think, you know, you, you talked about the humiliation, but you kind of got lost in your identity and where that was. Talk to me about that. So I, uh, I really just didn't, didn't know who I was. I was, I knew who I had been. I knew who had, who had, uh, I knew that, that Jesus had created me for something more for a, for a purpose. And, and, uh, but at, at a certain point, I just didn't know who I was. I was, you know, I was a Jesus follower that was, or I was, I say a Jesus follower. I was a Jesus guy. I believed in Jesus, but I still wanted to do what I was doing. I still was doing what made my, you know, what made me feel good, uh, physically. And it had nothing to do with my spiritual life. And, and I just wasn't pursuing that, wasn't pursuing, you know, anything spiritual. It was all carnal, all, you know, and, uh, so that's kind of how my my identity was was uh, was in the hands of of other people. I think, um, in fact, in recovery, we talk about our identity, and there there are times in our life that we get caught up in in maybe a particular sin, maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's a hurt uh, situation in our life, and we allow that addiction or that circumstance in our life. We allow it to define us. And then, as we allow that particular thing to define us, we lose our identity. But the, but the bottom line is, we're, we're children of God. And from Him, that's where we gain our purpose. That's where we have our identity. And so, if you're here this morning, and maybe you've gotten caught up in a particular um, addiction or hurt, Maybe somebody has, has offended you or maybe you have made a mistake in your life and, and you just have allowed that to, to identify you maybe as I'm a loser. I am never going to amount to anything. Or maybe you've allowed, and I know sometimes this happens, we allow other people to identify us. We allow others to say, what our value is and who we are. And so we can't do that because our identity is in Christ. One of the, one of the follow-up questions I, want, I wanted for you is conversely, uh, there were some leaders that had walked away from God that absolutely they knew the word clearly, but they chose not to follow in it or to live by it. But in your, in your video and in, in your story, and thank you for being so transparent, this takes courage to do this. There's somebody significant in your life that I think conversely in, in the story of Malachi 2, and that person is your wife, that she came in, she found you in the hotel room in a dark place, but she wasn't going to give up on you. And you mentioned that you went home, you were on the couch, and then she comes in and just absolutely serves you and, and washes your feet. And you make the comment that for the first time, at least the first time in a while, you saw faith, and I believe you called it grace, that you saw grace in her. And I think that's what Malachi is saying to us is that he wants in us influencers, whatever your sphere of influence is, to 
to be people of, of faith and grace. Tell us about how that impacted you, her influence on you at that particular time. Her influence on me, man, was uh, there's, there's people that care for you. There's people that care about you. And then there's people that absolutely would do anything for you. And my wife, Christine, who's right over there, she's, uh, she's an angel. <laughs> she's uh, the, the, She showed me the path back to Jesus mm. through her action of grace and washing my feet when there's no reason at all for her to even give me the time of day and be gone tomorrow. She should have been gone tomorrow. But her love for me and for my spiritual man overcame what everybody around her was telling her she should do. You should just leave him. Mm. He's no good. But she went the other direction and she... She just she 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 changed my perspective on what grace is. It's absolutely no reason for the love that we get, and Jesus does that for us. You know, there's there's no reason for Him to love us other than the fact that we are His sons and daughters. She became the ultimately the hands and feet of Jesus. She was Jesus in the flesh, and I think that's what God calls us to. Is others may be caught in sin but but a lot of times we're quick to jump on the on the wagon of beating them up and destroying them but I think he wants us to be the instrument of, of, of grace and shine the light of Christ in their life now Derek if if there and I, I assume there are people in this room that may be exactly where you were they chose to walk away. They've had it with church. They've had it with religion. Uh, or maybe they're, they're just disillusioned. They've lost their identity. What's your heart to them? What would you say to them? Where they are? What would you encourage them today to do? What I would say is there's, there's just a, uh, there's a future. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday and, and, and there, there's there's going to be consequences for our actions today but all we have to do there's a decision that we need to make and that's the first step is making a decision to stop what I'm doing right now and turn around and, and Jesus is waiting he's waiting for you he's, he's there banging on the 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 door. We're in a tomb and he's breaking the stones out and bringing us out of this tomb. Yeah. So this morning, <clears throat> there may be those in the room that um, you found yourself maybe not in the position that you would want, that maybe you've wandered, maybe you've drifted, or maybe you've made a deliberate choice to distance yourself from God. And today's your day to kind of draw the line in the sand and say, I want, I want to make my way back. And you talk about in the video that it was a process of, of making those steps of coming back to Christ. But it takes courage. And we have to own where we are in our walk. And so 
This morning, we want to encourage you that most of us in this room uh, have been influenced by the gospel. We've heard the gospel. We've been in church. But are we really living in obedience? Are we living in, are we living in that relationship with God? And are we worshiping Him in truth and living in truth and, and really pouring into that relationship? And so we want to encourage you this morning that wherever you may be, you may be in the throes of, of pain. You may feel like manure has just enveloped you in your life. We want to encourage you that you have the opportunity to dig out of this with God's help. And you can start fresh and you, and you can start a life of recovery. And so I want to pray for you just now and just ask God to give you the courage, as he did Derek, to step out. No matter what anybody else says, because there's, there's doubters, there's haters that's going to say, well, you're the same old, same old, and you'll never change. You're going to be a loser all your life. But God knows that's a lie. And so some of you this morning, I'm going to pray that God would give you courage and boldness to step out and reclaim and, and then walk in obedience in your relationship with God. So let me, let me pray over you. God, I thank you for, for Derek and I thank you for him being so honest and transparent with us this morning. And uh, God, though he walked away, God, I'm thankful that you were the heavenly father that looked for him and was there with him. I thank you that there was a time of awakening in his life that he came back to you. But God, there are some in this room. God, you know who they are. I pray that if they're in a position this morning that they, they know the truth, they've been exposed to it maybe all their life, or maybe they're new to faith. They've never really heard the truth uh, for a while, but yet they have not embraced you. They've not embraced the gospel. God, I pray that you would give them courage and boldness to walk in that. Give them freedom. Let the chains fall off that they can walk with you and they can be uh, in freedom and um, know what true worship really is. So God, do a work in our life and help us all. God, help me to walk in truth. And God, help me to be real with you and authentic and God, if there are those in my path that are hurting, God, help me to be a light. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to do something. Uh, go ahead and stand to your feet. I want to just uh, express to you my heart. Listen, I want, to, I want to thank you for allowing me to have the greatest job on the planet. I love what I do. Uh, I want to encourage you that if you're struggling today with a hurt, a hang-up or a habit or maybe life just, <laughs> maybe just life sucks and it's been difficult. We have Celebrate Recovery on Monday nights here in Waxahachie at 7 o'clock and we invite you to come. We have the landing for students, great place for them. Then we also have Celebration Place for children. We start at 7 o'clock. I invite you to join us. We serve dinner at 6.30. Come and, and participate. And then back about a year ago, we started uh, Celebrate Recovery in Ennis. And uh, it's going well. And um, we meet on Thursday nights in Ennis at 6.30. You can come there and join us uh, in Ennis at 6.30. We serve dinner at 6. 
Thank you for being here today. Give it up for Derek again one more time. I love you. I love you all. God bless you. And I'm going to encourage you as you dismiss today, be the feet and the hands of Jesus. God bless you and you're dismissed. Thank you, Alan. Thanks for joining us today. Our hope is that this message inspires you to encounter Jesus and find a better way to do life. We'd love to hear from you and get you connected on your journey. Visit theavenuechurch.com slash connect to get started. To hear the latest from us, don't forget to subscribe. See you soon.